The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. Happy New Year, everybody. 2018, you know, you were just a skosh crazier than 2017, which somehow beat out the insanity of 2016. But come on, 2019, what you got for us? I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, we're going to have a crazy year, I can imagine, because the last two years, one has outdone the other. Who has outdone the other? Don't disappoint us, 2019. We're still waiting for Smod. Where is Sweet Meteor of Death? You've let us down years and years in a row. Where the hell are you, Smod? So what are your New Year's resolutions? Mine is going to be to stay away from the gym, at least until February, so I can get back on the machines after the initial flood of resolution reactionary people fail on their resolutions and they get off that wagon and suddenly decide not to show up. You know, I want to be able to get a parking spot. I want to be able to not have to stand around while somebody sits on a machine for eight minutes after lifting two or three reps. So that's kind of one of mine. I want to continue to resolve, at least on this show, to everyone out there who tunes in to provide something a little different than the other talk show uh, talk shows out there provide, the other podcast and what have you. So what is the left resolving to do in 2019? Well, Jane Curtin, formerly of Conehead fame, SNL, she even stayed through that stellar season of 1979 into the 1980s, you know, the Anthony Michael Hall era. She has a warm resolution to share with everyone. My New Year's resolution is to make sure that the Republican Party dies. Well, death of the GOP. Well, now I've written off the GOP, especially the establishment rhinos like Mitt Romney who have decided to virtue signal to the rhino base, writing op-eds about Trump's demeanor and how he's unpresidential and how the character needs to start with him. Proven the only reason why he ran for senator of Utah was simply to inject himself into an elected position in order to steer some of the reins of the GOP establishment back to the rhino wing. But I'm not calling for anyone's actual death. I'm not even calling for the Democrat Party's death. I just want to beat them politically. Let them destroy themselves. They'll have that civil war, and eventually it will turn into a purified mess of whiny socialists that have no idea about how the world works. So let them have that. But it does illuminate what we talked about on the last show of last weekend, back in 2018, that it's almost impossible to coexist with a party of coexisters because they've got it all over their bumper stickers, because they don't want conservatives to even exist, much less coexist. And now the media, the media on the left, they've resolved to maintain their status quo as well. There was a knife attack at Manchester Victoria Station over uh, the New Year's Eve celebration. Yeah, he screams, Allah Akbar. He follows up on, not on the video, is saying, long live the caliphate. But we don't know the motive. 
We don't understand what's going on with that situation. By the way, no guns were used. He screamed Allah Akbar and long lived the caliphate. And if you point these out in post on Facebook, you'll probably be banned. But the media's resolution to continue to be the oblivious uh, entity of their own stupidity has more momentum coming out of the weekend going into 2019. Chuck Todd, he has an interesting resolution for Meet the Press. This morning, we're going to do something that we don't often get to do. Dive in on one topic. It's obviously extraordinarily difficult to do this as the end of this year has proven in the era of Trump. But we're going to take an in-depth look, uh, regardless of that, at a literally earth-changing subject that doesn't get talked about this thoroughly on television news, at least, climate change. But just as important as what we are going to do this hour is what we're not going to do. We're not going to debate climate change, the existence of it. The earth is getting hotter and human activity is a major cause, period. We're not going to give time to climate deniers. The science is settled, even if political opinion is not. Yeah, Chucky has resolved to disallow skeptics of climate change on his show, which will now be called Meet the Echo Chamber. What's funny about the era of Trump and climate change, the chicken littles out there running around talking about how the uh, climate's falling down, those who think pulling out of the Paris Accord was a bad idea, well, guess what? America beats the standards of the Paris Accord without even being in the Paris Accord, without even trying. That's amazing. From the Free Beacon, former New York City mayor and possible 2020 candidate Michael Bloomberg said on Sunday that the United States is meeting the goals of the Paris Climate Accords, despite withdrawing from them in that agreement. Last year, President Donald Trump announced the U.S. pullout from the Paris Climate Accord a global agreement to curb greenhouse gas emissions. Meet the press host, Chuck Todd, asked Mr. Bloomberg what the impact would be if the U.S. decided to rejoin the agreement. Quote, not a lot because we're halfway there towards meeting our goals already, Bloomberg said. Somebody said, oh, you know, you're never going to get this. It's ridiculous to think that America will meet its goals. We're halfway there already, and it's there's seven years left to go. The economics of coal means no one uh, will stop the reduction of the amount of coal. We've done a bunch of things that we promised to do under that agreement that Trump said we are not going to do. Trump's withdrawals drew strong rebukes from only, uh, not only from Democrat lawmakers, but also from Trump's predecessor, Barack Obama. The Paris deal is an agreement that 195 nations signed committing to develop their own plans to combat climate change. The United States pledged to cut its carbon emissions by 26 to 28 percent and provide three billion in aid to developing countries by 2020. He hasn't fully walked away, Todd said, quote, he can't pull out until 2020. But for example, he stopped and America owed some money to help repay for the management of these programs. He walked away from it, Bloomberg said. In the end, he did some of it or the federal government did some. And my foundation paid their $5 million to pay what the, our obligation is. He didn't walk away. All of the things that were done have been done by the private sector, individuals, and companies. Hmm, capitalism? Just had to throw that in there. Is that a real answer? Should we give up government? Todd asked. It would be a lot more helpful if we had a climate champion rather than a climate denier in the White House, Bloomberg responded. So, 
His last statement shows what the real intentions are. Because this was Chuck Todd's Al Gore moment. You know, every time Al Gore decides he's going to fly his Sasquatch-sized carbon footprint emitting jet to a global warming event, it's always snowing. It always blows up in his face. Yeah, Chuck Todd says he doesn't um, want climate deniers on his show. And then a potential Democrat presidential candidate tells him we're meeting the climate accord standards without really being in the accord. Pretty amazing. The left-wing activists have resolved to increase their insanity for 2019, especially when it relates to things like the Women's March, who decided one Women's March couldn't occur because it was too white, even though it was in a predominantly white location, and another one just couldn't, couldn't gain the support, couldn't, couldn't get the followers out there. But then you have others like the hashtag Shout Your Abortion, Amelia Bono, um, or Bonow, I guess that's how you say it. The co-founder of the hashtag Shout Your Abortion movement has made a video of her discussing abortion with kids. Hey, you know, maybe they'll share it on the Noggin channel. Maybe they'll pop it up on Disney. Do you Disney. think that sometimes it's not okay to have an abortion? I want to say if, like, if you're being reckless, if there's nothing wrong going on. I don't know. I just don't agree. Hmm? So what, um, what are, are we, we here to talk about, about today? today? <laughs> well, I had an abortion. Oh. Hmm. So what do you know or what have you heard about abortion? I don't exactly know what happens, but like you go and basically get rid of the baby from inside you. How, what have you heard? That. Same thing. Have you ever talked to somebody about abortion before? I actually wrote a paper in fifth grade about it. Wow. What was yeah. your paper about? Abortion is okay, uh -huh. and it also depends on like what's happening and why they got they got the abortion. So yeah. you think it's okay depending on the circumstances? Yes. Hmm. Why did you have an abortion? A few years ago, I got pregnant, and I really didn't want to have a baby. May I ask what happened? Did he not wear a condom? Did the condom break? Was it pre-ejaculation? Such good questions, Vanessa. Um, he wasn't wearing a condom. Why well, wasn't he wearing a condom? Have you ever had two options and one of them like seems easier at the time? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, you could take a shortcut or yeah. you could go the long way It was way the shortcut around. version. Mm. What did your partner think at the time? You know, I think we were both like bummed out that I got pregnant and he was just like supportive of what I wanted to do. Were you reckless at the time? Um, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't really say that I was being reckless. Mistakes happen. Yeah. And, and sometimes you just don't do that in the moment. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm glad. <laughs> when you have an abortion, what exactly do you do to like have the abortion? You go to the doctor and they put this little straw inside of your cervix and then inside of your uterus and then they just suck the pregnancy out and it was like a crappy dentist appointment or something it was just like ah this is like a body thing that's kind of uncomfortable but then it was over and I felt really just grateful that I wasn't pregnant anymore 
Unbelievable. The best part of this video is that the children sound more intelligent than she does. They're, they're rebuttals to her questions and her reasoning. It, it eclipses hers. She's the idiot posing the questions and trying to push the narrative, and the kids are blowing it out of the water. Now, the real interesting thing is the one co- uh, kid who wrote a paper about abortion obviously shows you the indoctrination is working to a degree. But, you know, she made herself look like an ass and a disgusting, evil, heartless one who's talking about, you know, well, they take this little tube and they stick it on up there and swoop, out goes the pregnancy. Goodbye. Sayonara. Have a good one. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. It's almost like she's talking about getting an enema. You know, she sounds like one of those Californians that are out there like, well, you know, I want to cleanse. I want to be on that cleanse. I'm going to have them stick this here and we're just going to pull it all out and I'm going to be cleansed. You know, never mind the fact that I, she says she wasn't reckless, but, you know, deciding not to use the condom and oops. Ah, man, didn't pull out in time. What was that? Ronnie Dobbs. Uh, I, I was pulling out and everything. I don't know what happened. I mean, I don't know if you know the Mr. Show skit uh, or the Ronnie Dobbs movie that they put out with David Cross and Bob Odenkirk, but it's pretty funny. But it reminds me of that. She obviously has taken no responsibility for her actions and then turn around and say, well, we fixed it on the back end. You killed a life of a baby. They take ultrasounds and show you these babies moving around. It is known that these babies can feel pain. It is known that you they they have emotion Within the womb. You know, never mind the fact that they show twins embracing and what have you. I mean, it's ridiculous how they portray it as a clump of cells just to make themselves sleep better at night. But that's how they operate. And now she says, oh, we want to do a children's book on Shout Your Abortion. Hopefully those sales don't go through so much. Hopefully they're not on the bestseller, according to uh, Amelia Bonwell, because... That would show that the children's books are being bought by children. And we need to have less of them thanks to shouting your abortion. It's amazing. And when the left cannot win elections, they have to find means to impose their agenda upon others other ways that they can. Usually it's the uh, tried and true installation of activist judges from a previous administration that allowed them to implement their agenda. Now... Like we've been chronicling and we've been watching over time, it's the economic warfare and the technological warfare against conservatives. They apply pressure on companies to coerce them to act against conservative uh, thought. They even partner with organizations to find ways to cripple conservative thought. Especially if, you know, some people are out there successfully being reimbursed for their time. They've turned it into a business. Not that they're trying to be a business, but, you know, it takes time to research. It takes time to put out content and to be paid back for, you know, the success of that content would be nice. That's capitalism. But when you have tech companies burying you in the search engines, you have tech companies pulling your information down because, You know, it's too controversial to the leftist agenda when you have payment processors denying the ability of the ease of payment online. It becomes an issue. And, you know, we talk about net neutrality. We talked about it a lot on this show. To me, you are ceding the Internet over to the government overlords to allow them to dictate 
what goes across on the traffic. That's what happens if you had given net neutrality over to the government. You know, the, the young kids were like, oh, it's about speeds and being throttled down. Guess what? America has jumped to number seven and our speeds have increased as far as the speed of Internet. Our speeds have increased since net neutrality got knocked down. It's really unbelievable when you think about how that has blown up in their face. Nobody died. And also speeds increased because the boot of government was removed or the thought, the, the prediction of government regulation, because that's how businesses operate. They're not going to fully invest in something down the road if they know that government has a plan to step all over it. Once government's plan to step all over it was thwarted, then they threw investment at it and they moved out of the way. So we're going to get into a little bit of some really amazing technological company bans here in just a second. It looks as though they've decided to target Franklin Graham, the son of Billy Graham on Facebook because of his views. Now, you know, I, I kind of I'm hit and miss with that guy because I think he's a little bit more political and he sided up in, in the primaries early on against some valid good contenders for the presidency that were more faith-based. But regardless of that, Franklin Graham was banned for a period of time on Facebook. And he posted, well, now we know Facebook has a secret rule book for uh, police and speech. I was banned from posting on Facebook last week for 24 hours. Why? Because of a post from back in 2016 about North Carolina's House Bill Number 2, the bathroom bill. Facebook said the post went, ag went against their community standards on hate speech. Facebook is trying to define truth. There was a character in a movie a few years back who said, the truth is what I say it is. What's, then what's Facebook trying to do? They're trying to make rules and changing the rules. Truth is truth. God made the rules and his word is truth. Actually, Facebook is censoring free speech. The free exchange of ideas is part of our country's DNA. Since Facebook took down the 2016 post last week, I'll copy it here so you can read it for yourself. Do you see any hate speech here? April 9th, 2016, Bruce Springsteen, a longtime gay rights activist, canceled his North Carolina concert. He says the North Carolina law HB2 to prevent men from being able to use the women's restrooms and locker rooms is going backwards instead of going forwards. Mr. Springsteen, a nation embracing sin and bowing at the feet of godless secularism and political correctness is not progress. I'm thankful North Carolina has a governor, Pat McCroy, and a lieutenant governor, Dan Forrest, and legislatures who put the safety of our women and children first. HB2 protects the safety and privacy of women and children and preserves the human rights of millions of faith-based citizens of this state. A news link to the Washington Post article was also shared with the Post. So yeah, they banned Franklin Graham on Facebook. And the progression has gone, you know, from... Like I said, Charles Johnson of Got News, he's a big fringe guy. And then it went down to Alex Jones, then down to Laura Loomer, then down to Jesse Kelly. And, and anyone who is, you know, somebody that is outspoken against radical Islam. And now they've gone after Franklin Graham and Apple removed a Christian ministries app following complaints by LGBT activists. Apple removed a Christian Ministries app from its store after an LGBT group claimed 
it implied being gay was a sickness, according to a story by The Blaze. A gay rights group, Truth Wins Out, got the so-called ex-gay app removed after it convinced the tech giant that the app was dangerous, bigoted, and hateful. Quote, the app falsely portrays being gay as an addiction, a sickness, and a sin, the group argued in a Change.org petition which had 356 supporters. Living Hope Ministries of Arlington, Texas, told the Christian Post in an email that it was disappointed but will continue its work. We are saddened by Apple's and Microsoft's removal of our app because of a single person's false accusations. Regardless of their decision, we will continue to make the app and our services available to those who seek them, said Ricky Shalette, executive director of the ministry. Unbelievable. Going further, we are a ministry that for nearly 35 years has helped individuals resolve their feelings they deem incongruent with their faith. He continued, we help people deepen their relationship with Jesus Christ through the Bible study and accountability. We walk with them to align their lives with the teachings of Jesus Christ. Through support groups, they realize they are not alone and are able to share honestly and openly in a non-condemning atmosphere about their struggles, passions, and victories. From chaos and confusion, they are often they are often able to find hope, peace, and a deeper sense of personal wholeness. Our ministry is free and strictly voluntarily. He added, in a day when diversity and tolerance is celebrated, I would hope it would be extended to issues of faith and practice. Of course, it's not. <laughs> in an NBC report, Shillette said, the ministry only helps people to con- who contact them first. They serve as a discipleship ministry, much uh, like a church, he said. But, you know, of course, the rainbow jihad has to attack them. The left has to attack us wherever we go. That's the problem. There's no tolerance. There's no coexistence. There's no, you know, the only faith that gets attacked is the Christian faith. They will support Islam, even though radical Islamists are throwing homosexuals off of buildings you know, they, they are hanging them up from cranes over in Tehran. But for some reason, you just saying, hey, uh, my Bible doesn't really support your lifestyle. Well, then we get these people out there who are cheering for an 11-year-old kid dancing at a, uh, you know, at a drag club at 11 p.m. on a Saturday night, throwing dollars at them, and then celebrating them on Good Morning America. That's the problem. It is a cultural issue, and we really need to step up and recognize it because it's only going to bring us further and further down. Don't forget to find me on social media at Rants Out Loud and at Adrian Slade Show on Twitter. You can also find me on Parlor at Adrian Slade. Find me on Gab, MeWe, and also Snippy. Just search Adrian Slade. You can check us out on the blog, adriansladeshow.com, back in just a second. This is Adrian Slade. Adrian Slade Broadcast. Welcome back. So the tech wars are still going on. Of course, we've been following this quite some time because it just never seems to end. But we do have to be a little bit, you know, objective about the whole thing because a lot of times some of it comes down to the clunkiness of their algorithms or the trolls that are out there, the users that are online who just love to go around and harass people without any sort of reprisal. And they see something that you post and they report it to Twitter. And next thing you know, Twitter does something stupid or they report it to Facebook and Facebook looks at it and doesn't look at the context or they don't think about what the real, the meanings behind what is being said. They just take certain keywords and they just go ahead and ban you. 
And that seemed to have happened pretty recently. It's happened on the left and the right. So, of course, in the sake of objectivity, I want to point that out. But what was funny was what happened to Ben Shapiro, uh, his business partner, Jeremy um, Boring. I guess that's how you pronounce his last name. Ben Shapiro tweeted this out. This is legitimately the most insane Twitter suspension I have ever heard of. My business partner, Jeremy Boring, was just suspended for 12 hours for this tweet. Why? Because it was supposedly promoting or encouraging self-harm. It's a joke about Brussels sprouts. What the, you know what, Jack? And the tweet in question, here it goes, from Jeremy D. Boring. Even better, coat with melted butter, salt, pepper, paprika, and a dash of Worcestershire. Sear in a cast iron and bake in grease for 30 seconds or until brown. Then throw them away and burn your face off with the hot pan because that would be better than Brussels sprouts. That's when he gets, we've temporary, temporarily limited some of your account features. What happened? We have determined that the, this account has violated the Twitter rules, specifically for, one, violating our rules against promoting or encouraging suicide or self-harm. I, I'm thinking he's thinking the suicide is subjecting yourself to Brussels sprouts. But, you know, I'm sorry. I kind of like Brussels sprouts. So, I mean, I'm not an avocado toast boy. But I do like some Brussels sprouts. I mean, now, the concerning part, because, you know, I mean, Franklin Graham gets banned from, from Twitter over his outrage and his uh, disdain for the bathroom bill, rightfully so, because we shouldn't have women in the men's room and men's in the women's room at that point. Might as well make them all the family restroom and let people go in one at a time and have the line go out the door. And really... Here's, here's a great amalgamation of how that'll go down. How about let's mix the two things that both sexes will encounter separately all into one hodgepodge, one little perfect storm of insanity. You want one bathroom for everybody to go into? Well, now the bathroom lines can be four times as long because we all have to wait with the women in their line. And then when the women get into that bathroom, they can deal with all the pee stains on the toilet seat because we didn't care to be accurate. All right. So that's what I'm going to say about that. But Franklin Graham got banned for that for a period of time on Facebook and Brussels sprouts and the disdain for Brussels sprouts and the need for one who is a Brussels sprout connoisseur to burn their face with the pan. Got Ben Shapiro's business partner suspended temporarily on Twitter. But those are the funny aspects of social media bans and tech company tech company rules and regulations and how they decide they want to implement their policing policy. The disturbing one is one that the government had a hand in with payment processors called Operation Choke Point. And I haven't really heard a lot of people talk about this, but Operation Choke Point was a 2013 initiative of the DOJ, the United States Department of Justice, because they're so, they're so objective. <laughs> I mean, half of them have been eliminated under this new administration for their desire to be subservient to the Clinton Foundation and Obama administration. But the bureaucracy that is called the swamp, that has been injected with all of these pro-Obama, pro-socialist, pro-Clinton agenda torchbearers that litter all of the bureaucratic offices of the United States— 
that are coming to light now that President Trump is in office, the DOJ decided it was going to investigate banks in the United States and the businesses they do uh, business with. And the real original reason was supposedly due to terrorism and they want to follow money laundering and things of that nature. But when you get deep into it, Operation Choke Point was looking after banks and, and investment companies that would do business with firearm dealers, payday lenders, and other companies to believe to be at a higher risk for fraud and money laundering. This operation disclosed in the August 2013 Wall Street Journal story officially ended its operation back in August of 2017. Check this out. Here are some merchant categories that the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, had listed until July 2014 as being associated with high-risk activity. Here's the list. Ammunition sales, cable box descramblers, coin dealers, credit card schemes, credit card repair services, dating services. So we the people dot dating. They might might have been under the gun of the DOJ and the FDIC. Debt consolidation scams, drug paraphernalia, escort services. Talk to Brad about that. Um, firearm sales, firework sales, get rich products, government grants, home-based charities, lifetime guarantees, lifetime memberships, lottery sales, online gambling, pawn shops, payday loans, pharmaceutical sa- uh, sales, pornography, surveillance equipment, and various others, travel clubs and what have you. Now, an incident going in April 2014 with Four Oaks Bank settled with the Department of Justice for engaging in the types of activities that Operation Choke Point is intended to stop. According to the complaint dated January 8th of 2014, as of today, approximately 97% of the TPP-TX merchants for which Four Oaks Bank actually engages with and permits debits to uh, consumers' accounts are internet payday lenders. And a payday loan is typically a short-term loan, high interest, and it's not secured, made without collateral, that has a repayment date coinciding with or close to the borrower's next payday. Most payday loans are for about $250 to $700. Annualized interest rates for internet payday loans frequently range from 400% to 1,800%, more far in excess of most states' usury laws. Now, critics of Operation Choke Point accuse this entire operation of bypassing due process. Exactly. I mean, some of these things are legal businesses that have not been under any sort of investigation or have not been tried in a court of law and the government's saying, hey, go ahead and just discontinue the access for online payments, which will kill businesses just because you don't like the way they're operating. The government is pressuring the financial industry to cut off companies' access to banking services, including access to capital, without having first shown that the targeted companies are violating the law. Critics also say that it's a thinly veiled ideological attack on industries the Obama administration doesn't like, such as gun sellers and coal producers. Imagine that. From the Washington Post, the Justice Department's Operation Choke Point initiative has been shrouded in secrecy, but it's now starting to come to light. It is so named because of strangling the providers of financial services to the targeted industries, the government can choke off the oxygen or money 
needed for these industries to survive. Without any ability to process payments, the businesses, especially online vendors, cannot survive. The general outline is the DOJ and bank regulators are putting the screws to banks and other third-party payment processors who refuse banking services to companies and industries which are deemed to pose a reputation risk to the bank. Most controversially, the list is of dubious industries is populated by enterprises that are entirely or at least generally legal. The ability to destroy legal industries through secret actions to deprive them of banking services has obvious political consequences. For example, it was reported that firearms shops are alleging that Operation Choke Point is being used to pressure banks into refusing to provide financial services. There are also reports that porn stars have had their bank accounts terminated for moral reasons related to the reputation risk of the banking individuals in the porn industry. IRS officials must already be salivating at ways to apply Operation Choke Point to Tea Party groups. Well, you know, it seems to be that they may be in coercion with what's happening with the likes of Robert Spencer from Jihad Watch. Not Richard Spencer, the Nazi. I'm talking Robert Spencer, the outspoken investigative journalist on all things Islamic extremism. Jihad Watch. Go check out their website. Great stuff. But... You know, this is where my libertarian side of my ideology kicks in. I don't care if you want a career in porn industry. I don't care if you want to deal with online gambling and, and whatever falls into these nefarious dealings, these business dealings that the government seems they're not even going to go through any sort of investigation on. They're just going to choke out your finances. I mean, these are all things between you and your creator. Now, I may discourage you and say, hey, I probably wouldn't do that. But those are activities that you and your creator have to deal with. Just don't force it upon me. But I'm also not going to use the coercive brute force of government who can freeze bank accounts, who can place liens on your financing, and who can even strip you of financing, who can even arrive at your doorstep with guns and handcuffs with which they can detain you in order to discourage you from doing these things. I'm not going to use that as a battering ram. It seems to me this is the Pandora's box that was open, that could be the mechanism that is employed by these companies against the conservative right and conservative thought leaders that we're seeing right now. The deplatforming of individuals, the demonetization of people like Bo uh, Benjamin Owen and uh, Stephen Crowder, who has been hindered from time to time. So these are things that need to be thought of in the grand scheme of bureaucratic overreach. This was from a blog from One Angry Gamer, and this goes on with Operation Choke Point. Operation Choke Point was used on death metal and black metal, metal labels, the record labels that were doing online promotion of their death metal and black metal bands. They were pulled from payment processing. A sweeping in initiative from the United States Department of Justice back in 2013 called Operation Choke Point was initially designed to curb payment for processing for terrorist activities, fraudulent purchases, and money laundering. However, according to one record label owner, the banks who have been in the news for demonetizing and deplatforming legitimate businesses over the last few months are doing so at the behest of those overseeing Operation Choke Point. It all started with a Reddit thread, which notes that death metal, black metal record label has been shut down in the wake of a PayPal pulling out 
support for processing purchases, along with the creditors at Visa and MasterCard, because the company was labeled high risk, promoting hatred, promoting violence, and promoting hate speech. In the case of Ellergy Records, or Ellergy Records, a label that hosted all sorts of death metal music since 1996, their closure comes from the inability to sign with a normal credit processor due to being high risk. There is also high risk credit processors, but it's expensive, unreliable, and comes with no guarantees, which makes it untenable for most normal businesses. Allergy Records owner Rob told the outlet deathmetal.org in a piece published in December of 2018, December 17th, that PayPal simply said he could no longer use their services following instigation from a website called Metal Sucks, which is headed up by Matt Goldberg. The, bank, the banks also abruptly cut ties with Rob as well. And he explained, they didn't even have the business courtesy to inform me they were going to cut ties. I come to the realization of this when I went to process an order and the response message was invalid merchant account. When I spoke to the representative, they informed me that they did not wish to work with me because I promoted hate. I did receive a letter from them stating they were going to end the business relationship the date of termination was a day before the letter was written and a day before it was mailed. What a great banking service. This was a death blow. At this point, I had no means to accept any form of payments aside from cash or money order, but there is no way to survive in that business model. Of course, if you're online, I mean, how are you, you going to force everybody to send checks in the mail? According to Rob, his record label has been classified high risk by the banks and credit processors which meant that he was effectively blacklisted from the banking industry. Also recently, this happened to Moribund Records as well, which deathmetal.org reported on back in November of 2018. PayPal informed the record label that access to their PayPal account would be restricted due to content-related violations. They said violations were in relation to the record label pushing satanic death metal and because it has an affiliation with the Church of Satan. Amazing. See, again, the libertarian side in me steps in, even though I'm a Christian, firm believer in Jesus. You know what? If they want to promote bands that are satanic, more power to you. I mean, didn't we go through this in the 80s with Tipper Gore, Al Gore's wife, and the PMRC? You know, they got up there and, and started attacking the, the free speech of Wasp and Twisted Sister and hip-hop groups like Two Live Crew. Again, I don't have to endorse the content you're putting out. I don't have to buy it. I don't have to listen to it unless somebody drives down the street blaring it out their window, and hopefully I have the presence of mind to plug my, you know, ears when I hear, you know, back that AWS up or whatever. If I, if I don't want to hear, you know, Wasp, because I really don't like Wasp. But anyways... <laughs> I was never a big glam metal fan. If you know me, I was more of a hardcore punk thrash metal fan, all right? Started with Black Flag and started with Minor Threat and Agent Orange and all those groups, JFA and Seven Seconds, and then it morphed into the early days of Metallica and what have you. But anyways, I'm not going to go off on that rant. But I'm familiar with some of these death metal groups because of having familiarity with that scene, and I'm amazed that this was ever pointed at them. Now, the owner of Allergy Records went on to say, when the processors would run a check on me and my business, it comes back as high risk and reputational risk. Some of the red flags come back as promoting hate speech, promoting rape, promoting violence, promoting hatred. 
an absolute atrocious characterization and very convenient way of fusing music band names, titles to their albums as an actual call to arms. The slightly veiled assertion is one that marks me as one who is inciting these actions. The overlords now wish to control what you can sell and what you can purchase. Wow, it's funny how they're coming to the realization of what we as conservative and libertarians come to now that the weaponization of ideology and governmental power is wielded upon them. Come on in, guys. Welcome to the fold. Back to the quote. Speaking with a few individuals in the banking system, as well as other labels, I started learning that this started with Operation Choke Point from the DOJ to, uh, to curtail predatory lending and terrorist activity, which, like most rulings, has now expanded its tentacles. Well, that's how it happens. I mean, it's amazing when you look at the ability of the government to coerce the banking industry to cut off what they want to cut off. Who knows if it's still going on? I mean, the president still hasn't eliminated all of the nefarious operators or operators in the DOJ, in the FBI. It's still going on. And this is more uh, true than you know. And this is from, uh, from Forbes. In a recent unsealed document from the Operation Choke Point Initiative, it was a federal deposit insurance cooperation official who was determining who credit processors and banking institutions could do business with with the United States. Forbes published an article back in 2018, November, of course, detailing how the FDIC officials strong-armed banks into cutting off financial opportunities for businesses in order to get them to shut down, even if the businesses were completely legitimate. While there's no mention of PayPal in the unsealed PDF documents made available in October, a transcript of the deposition from senior policy analysis at the Federal uh, Deposit Insurance Corporation, Artie Hollifield, explained how the initiative was used to bully and illegally choke off businesses within the United States. The DOJ dubbed the project Operation Choke Point since, as described by Oversight Committee staff report, it was designed to choke out companies the administration considers high-risk, otherwise objectionable. It's amazing. Operation Choke Point cutting off the payment access to businesses deemed unsavory by the Obama administration. I mean, this is a trend. This is something they've always done. I mean, legal activities, although possibly seedy, unsavory, they're being punished under the parameters of this program's requirements. I mean, what happens when it's related to hate speech like they did with the death metal ban label? What would be the definition of hate speech? Would that be conservative ideology? Conservative viewpoints? I don't know. Like I said, Robert Spencer of Jihad Watch, MasterCard pulled their access from them. Think about Operation Wide Receiver. This was the operation of running guns to the drug cartels under the Bush administration with RFID tracking, legitimate tracking devices to follow the weapons into the nexus of the drug cartel across the border. And then Obama gets in office after wide receiver was shut down, decides, hey, let's reopen that. But we're going to run those guns without RFID tracking. Brilliant. <laughs> we're going to call it fast and furious. We're going to run guns to the Mexican drug cartels 
who, by the way, have a symbiotic relationship with Iranian Hezbollah terrorists who are coming in from South America. And I think I might make that next week's show when we get into how the logistical tracks, the travel tracks of Hezbollah, how they fly into Brazil, how they go through Panama, through the jungles, how they go up through Central America, how they deal with the drug cartels in a way where they can provide training and weapons to the cartels and the cartels will run the drugs that the Hezbollah has brought over from Afghanistan and from, you know, the Middle East. Yeah, all of that's going on, which is why we need that freaking border. Don't make it a solar wall either. It doesn't, have, doesn't need to operate on solar panels or with potatoes and alligator clips. Make it a concrete wall. But anyways, this is the same type of operation that is exploited by the Obama administration. I mean, one of the beginning points for the program Operation Choke Point was for terrorism. Hmm, does that sound familiar? Patriot Act? You know, the NSA has abused and collected metadata on everybody in the United States. Every citizen is now tracked. Same NSA that allowed for the unmasking of high-ranking officials with the federal government, including a private citizen running for public office, President Donald Trump at the time, by individuals unauthorized to unmask American citizens in the first place. Samantha Powers is not allowed to be unmasking people, but yet, yeah, go ahead. And I love when you look up Operation Choke Point on Wikipedia. I don't use Wikipedia as a source, but I do kind of look at it to see where the spin is and whether they're truthfully putting information up. And one of the see also's is, quote, abuse of power. Really? <laughs> Unbelievable. So my thing is, I'm really concerned that Operation Choke Point has been expanded and is being utilized against conservative thought leaders. People that don't have syndicated shows, they don't have networks putting them up. They're people like you and I, concerned individuals that have a passion for sharing the truth and they go on something like YouTube. Next thing you know, they're making money because they were successful and then because their views are deemed hateful, even though they're not. Next thing you know, they're being demonetized. They're losing their livelihood immediately just because they decided, ah, we're just going to tweak the algorithm a bit. That's the problem. The bureaucracy has complete power. We cannot give them the ability to choke off funding to businesses they don't deem you know, worthy, to the fact that they can use every bureaucratic power that they can against its own citizens because they just don't like your viewpoints. You have to realize when people like Bernie Sanders, they get up there and go, we got those evil Wall Street businesses. You know what? Wall Street cannot hold a gun to your head. Wall Street cannot freeze your bank accounts. Wall Street cannot coerce you into purchasing a product or having a payment processor deem you unworthy of business. Government can. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. You can listen to us on Mojo Five O. Every Saturday at 5 p.m., every Sunday, 6 a.m., and then again at 5 p.m. Check out Mojo 50 on the iHeartRadio app or at Mojo50.com. You can also check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, Overcast, Podbean, wherever podcasts are hosted, you can find the Adrian Slade Show. 
You can also check out the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel in your streaming store. Download it. Check out the blog, adriansladeshow.com. You can also support the show. Subscribe, $2 a month or whatever amount you wish, patreon.com slash Show, or get on over to anchor.fm slash Slade and donate $4.99 a month. We'll see you guys next time.